HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. The holidays are here, and it's time to head to the Heritage Meat Shop for some juicy Berkshire pork roast, tender Piedmontese steaks, traditional Christmas goose, and duck. Our world-famous charcuterie and fresh meats are guaranteed to please everyone, whether it's a party of two or two hundred. Be sure to stop by the Heritage Meat Shop to make your holiday celebration a delicious and memorable event. The Heritage Meat Shop is located at 120 Essex Street in the historic Essex Street Market on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Call 212-539-1111 to order now. It is Thursday, 1 o'clock, and you are tuned into the Heritage Radio Network. You're listening to The Farm Report, and I am your host, Erin Fairbanks, and we are live in studio with Maggie Cheney of Bushwick Campus Farm. Maggie, you are the farm manager and educator there, that's correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. So I'm excited to talk into a little bit about what's happening uh, on the farm and education front here in Bushwick, where we spend every Thursday from 1 to one thirty at the back of Roberta's. But before we do that, I would love to hear a little bit more about what brought you to New York, because you're not originally from the area, correct? That's right. I grew up mostly in the Boston area, and I moved to New York just about a year ago to be farming in the Hudson Valley, about an hour and a half north of New York City. Nice. So was that your first farming gig or? No, I've actually grown up farming and my dad's an organic farmer in the Boston area and I've been on many farms all around the country and it's been my profession for about eight years now. Wow. And primarily vegetable farming? Yes, primarily vegetables, fruits, uh, orchards, and just in the Hudson Valley I was uh, on a farm with a lot of animals, cows, chickens, ducks. Uh, love beekeeping as well. Kind of a farmer in the Dell situation. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like fun. So um, you grew up in Boston, and then you moved to New York about a year ago. But in between that, you said you, you farmed in different places around the country. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey between Boston and New York? Yeah. I grew up around the Boston area, like I said, and I would spend summers working on 
a CSA, Farm Community Supported Agriculture, outside Boston. My dad founded a program called The Food Project, which serves youth in the Boston area to connect them to the urban students with rural students and doing an exchange there. So a lot of food justice from when I was a very young child. And I think one of the funny things about those exchange programs is like food justice. And also we're going to you know teach you how to make a potato gun. That's like, what's yeah, <laughs> totally. It's really fun. You know, yeah. there's a ton of those activities came out of Outward Bound and um, it's they get paid. But it's also, you know, it's really enriching to build their, you know, life skills, personality changes that happen over the course of high school years. Yeah, and of course, like, so important for, I think, you know, rural students as well to kind of get that exposure, because I know I grew up in a really rural place, and I definitely thought that, like, people from the city were from another planet. (laughs) I kind of still think that, but (laughs) anyway. Um, So I I went to school thinking I was going to be a teacher, especially special education. I uh, grew up in the special ed system. And um, I'm very interested in alternative ways of teaching and learning. Uh, As someone with dyslexia and uh, learning disabilities, I think it's really important to reach students who um, don't fit into the regular classroom situation. So from that, I decided to teach full-time, but I couldn't stand being inside. So I I moved to Oakland to see what it would look like. This is California uh, to be growing food year-round in a different area and using my education background uh, to be teaching agriculture. So I've taught elementary schoolers. I taught at UC Santa Cruz apprenticeship program uh, where I met and had an amazing time with adults from all over the world uh, teaching them agriculture there. Um, Many times calling my dad up on the phone, asking him questions about crops and growing techniques and trying to utilize a lot of the the knowledge that's uh, in my family already. Um, But I do, I love the urban agriculture is where my heart is. I think it's a really creative way of growing and it's an amazing challenge that uh, brings communities together and... um, gets people excited about growing in this way that sometimes when you're farming in a rural area, which I've done before, uh, you don't get that excitement, that newness, that um, novelty that growing uh, brings to people. So I'm going to from the Hudson Valley to New York City in, in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, I get to teach agriculture in a way that's so exciting every day. Yeah, because people walking down the street... Aren't, aren't expecting to see some of the stuff that, that's going on. Whereas if you're in a rural community, it's like not that abnormal to like drive past a cornfield. Whereas, yeah, you know, you're walking down the streets of New York City and you see, you know, plants or people moving dirt around and you're like, hey, what's going on? There was a big kind of East Coast, West Coast thing happening in Santa Cruz, too. I mean, I feel like there was some, you know, people from the urban farming community and whatnot who came through. Did you cross paths at all with anyone? Uh, yes, being there for two years, I met a number of uh, people from New York City. Karen Washington, who does a lot of great work in the Bronx and uh, with community gardens in all around New York City. Uh, Jane Hodge from Just Foods New York uh, Farm School Program. Uh, you know, I could name a lot of people doing <laughs> amazing work all over the city. Those are just two of a, of a lot of them that went to this program to learn. Uh, more um, 
growing skills like sure. very much like growing hard, skills like the hard yeah. technical skills yeah. of like you know what what actually is happening with the soil what what are the needs of the plant how does that change based yeah. on you know where we are so you were farming up in the Hudson Valley what brought you down to Bushwick well I had heard about this school program through a friend of mine Joe Chavez who was working with the Bushwick campus schools uh, last year and he and an organization called EcoStation New York uh, started to build a farm on a high school campus. And when I went to visit over the summer, I would come into Brooklyn a lot because I, I craved that, that city life again. Um, I would go and visit the farm, and I fell in love with it immediately. You know, And I realized there was an opportunity to take the farm manager position um, at the end of the summer, and I jumped on it. I just saw so much potential, and working with schools in Oakland and working um, with other schools around the Northeast, I met with the teachers here in Bushwick, and I was so floored by how excited they were and how enthusiastic they were about someone coming in to teach agriculture and how, you know, there's four principals that all were on board. It was an un- un- unusual situation to walk into that's awesome we're gonna take a short break but when we come back i want to tuck into a little bit about what's happening over at the bushwick campus and and, you know maybe you can walk us through the layout a little bit and what the plans for you know the spring are going to be great We are getting ahead of ourselves, daydreaming about spring weather and having uh, Maggie, who I'm in, live in studio with, of the Bushwick Farm campus, come back with some of her students. So, Maggie, you um, showed up at the Bushwick campus in August. Started? Uh, did you take over for someone who had been a farm manager there before? So there was kind of something else going on. Yes, the farm had been built the previous spring, so it's its first full growing season not even full because it didn't get started until a little bit later 
and uh, Joe Chavez was the farm manager before. He's a good friend of mine, and so he helped transition um, me to become the farm manager. Okay, so give us kind of the lay of the land. So Bushwick Campus is essentially uh, a group of four different high schools in Bushwick, and tell us a little bit about kind of what the actual farm space looks like and what you guys are doing over there. Okay. Um, so Bushwick Campus houses four public high schools, and each of the high schools has a theme. So there's the Bushwick School for Social Justice, um, an urban planning school, environmental leadership school, and the newest one, which is Be Smart Math and Research. And with that, um, they all four schools um, decided to collaborate on building this farm on the actual campus. So it was a p- small corner of the school campus that used to be a soccer warm-up area, but it wasn't actually getting used that much because there's quite a big field for the soccer So that turned into building large uh, raised beds and bringing in soil. And from there, continually building uh, different structures so that right now we have an eco-shed, which has a water catchment system uh, that then feeds a hydroponic system on a vertical fence. We have uh, demonstration composting bins Uh, which I teach the students at all the high schools about composting as well as uh, other teachers in the area. And we have um, also this new project, which is building a greenhouse. So we're expanding every single day almost just because, you know, the student, there are a lot of students and uh, a lot of projects they want to do. We're hoping to have bees on the top of the school next year and um, we can really do a lot of production. It's a small amount of space, but we're using it really well, and we're growing crops that um, feed the community, which okay. is which is the point. We want to feed the community. When we also sell to restaurants, we have farmers markets, and we also have a on-site farm stand at the actual school. Nice, nice. So, can you tell us a little bit about the the funding for the garden? I mean, did it come through the school's budget? Does the school pay you, or are you part of that? Um, I don't, I'm totally blanking on the word uh, eco station. Well, or, yeah. Are you employed by the school, or are you employed by an outside agency? And kind of how how does like funding for the equipment right. and the time and all that happen? It's a real collaboration because sometimes the schools will come up with grants. Like we got an irrigation grant that one of the teachers had applied for in one of our schools, and that came for the supplies. Um, a lot of the supplies and structures can come from all over the place, like mini grants um, and collaborations with Boswick's Farms, which came in and did the hydroponic system with us, um, as well as uh, EcoStation in New York, which is where my position came in. And we're funded by foundations. And um, this coming year, we got a federal grant to have a, a green machine, so which will be a mobile market that will okay. be going around Bushwick. So it's, it's really it's like a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and definitely... You know, we're a new program, right. so we're seeking money wherever we can get it. Yeah, you guys have a Kickstarter campaign going right now, correct? We do. We have a great Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> well, tell us, what are you raising money for? We are raising money to complete and pay back the greenhouse we just built. Okay. 
So we expanded our site on the campus to include this long corridor that's south-facing, and we built a 40-foot by 12-foot greenhouse. This greenhouse is going to be an outdoor classroom uh, so that we can extend our farm programs throughout the winter. And with the greenhouse, we're going to have a side-by-side comparison of hydroponics and aquaponics and soil-grown um, plants. Wow. So it's, it's going to be everything. We're going to have uh, mushrooms in there, uh, water catchment again. We're trying to create as many opportunities for learning and intrigue and enthusiasm for the campus as we can. And how does that, I mean, how does the, the lessons work? I mean, do you essentially, as farm manager, kind of manage the actual farm space and create the resources and then, you know, teachers come in and they're like, hey, we want to come here on Tuesday at 2 or we want to do a class on this, what do we got going? Or how does that interplay between the, you and the rest of the faculty happen? That's a great question. I am, right now, I manage you know, food production for markets, but also manage the education programs at the school. And the education programs um, are set up that teachers will contact me when they want to come outside during the school day for a class. So sometimes we'll plan on focusing on farm policy and we'll do a outdoor, you know, worksheet and then hands-on lesson and then reflections with the teacher. Other times it will be ESL, English language learners, that will come out after school or during the day. Um, and we'll just, you know, practice, you know, speaking English and Spanish the whole time and uh, doing agricultural skills. Uh, and other times it's uh, after school program uh, that's really focused on cooking. You know, it's a little bit of everything right now because there are so many teachers with interest. And so I see a range um, of different topics that we cover, of a range of what the actual teachers and the students are interested in. And um, with that, there's a lot to build on because there's new ideas coming every single day. Yeah. Um, and we also give tours. So as an educator for the school, I also want to educate the community. So just a couple days ago, we had about 80 second graders from elementary school a couple of blocks away come visit the farm. And they'd never seen an urban farm before. So that was great. It was so fun, you know, to have them all there and pulling out carrots. And um, and that, to me, is what it's about. It's I love farming in urban areas because, especially when it's right on the block, right on the sidewalk, it's accessible to the community, um, because there's always those points of... Um, educating. Yeah, teachable moment. Teachable dun, moment. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Awesome. So when um, you have all you have all the students hanging out, you, I mean, it sounds like there's like a lot going on in 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 the garden. And I'm curious, you know, as you move into the winter months, and then I know kind of one of the other challenges for school year gardens is that schools aren't happening throughout the summer, which is like one of the main times where where the garden's in production. So can you talk a little bit about how, you know, the year in the life of a school farm might be different than the year in the life of a, a, you know, a farm that's more focused on production for other markets? 
Right. Um, so last summer we were able to um, have two urban um, tillers, which is a program through Green Gorillas, and they were employed youth that worked on the farm during the summer. So that's something that I see a real future at the Bushwick Campus Farm is being able to hire more students for the summer so that even though there isn't uh, classes, I mean, there's some summer classes going on, but we can really give students summer jobs where otherwise they'd be working at McDonald's or they'd be working at the clothing store down the road. Instead, they can be growing vegetables, feeding their community uh, learning about food policy, and so we're going to try to build that. As it goes into the fall, we are growing crops that grew, grow well in the fall, trying to extend the season as much as possible with brassicas and lettuces and um, cold-hardy crops. Right. And then even more so, that's why we need the greenhouse. Exactly. Is because... We don't want it to stop. There's a momentum that you build throughout the summer, and then in the fall, students who weren't there in the summer get so excited about it that they don't want to stop. And I, I still get you know emails every single day from teachers and students wanting to keep doing the farm work, even though it's 30 degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... That enthusiasm wanes pretty quickly once you're actually outside. I know. (laughs) I keep them moving. We'll figure ways to get their blood up. So the Kickstarter project, you guys are looking to raise $15,000. You're a little bit over halfway there, right? Mm -hmm. And you have, I think, eight more days. And Now, how Kickstarter works is basically you set an amount. And if you don't hit that amount, no matter how much you've raised, like if you guys raised $14,999, you get zero. Like you have to yeah. hit the fifteen thousand to make it count. So, yes. so you guys are in the big push. You have what eight days left? Yep. Awesome. Um, and I know you have like some other events ha- coming up to to get the word out about the farm. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. So, in addition to uh, doing networking and trying to get the word out there, we are going to do a day on December twenty sixth, which is called the Eat to Give. Um, day for restaurants in the New York City area. So we're going to be working with restaurants in Bushwick, some that we already sell to, um, restaurants in Manhattan. All of them will be pr- donating a percentage of that day's uh, earnings to the Bushwick Campus Farm and our Kickstarter. So that can be 1%, that can be 5%. It's up to the individual restaurant. Um, but it's a way for uh, restaurants to support local urban agriculture. So we're really excited about that day. And you can um, go online to the Bushwick Campus Farm uh, Kickstarter page and find out more information on which restaurants are, uh, are having that what? day. Yeah, yeah. and then I think all, what else is nice about the Kickstarter page, it gives a little bit of info on some of the community partners you work with. You had mentioned the Boswick Farms and the Eco Station the AUP Food Fighters, the Bushwick Green Team. I mean, it seems like there's really a lot. If people are kind of interested in, in you know, engaging in, in what's happening in the Bushwick area, can they get in touch with you directly? Or is there somewhere we can send them so when they yeah. want to, like, live their urban farming dreams via the Bushwick campus, they can... Yeah, uh, I love volunteers. I 
um, work with a lot of people in my neighborhood to come help out in any way they would like. Varies from harvesting with us, um, teaching the students, love working with older people from the neighborhood who have such experience and rich backgrounds um, to come to the school and teach the students as well. So they can email me at maggie at ecostationny.org. Awesome. Yeah. Maggie, thank you so much for coming in today. It was great to have you on the show, and I'm looking forward to having you and some of your students back in the spring and, and hopefully toasting the success of your Kickstarter project. Thank you so much. You have uh, just finished listening to another episode of The Farm Report. Tune in next week, Thursday at 1 o'clock. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.